Hey, folks. Thanks for stopping by Kaiser's Castle. Grab yourself a coffee, tea, soda, and or dot libation. It matters not as you're sitting on my big orange couch. Uh, I've been a little agitated this week with the firing of Gina Carano. Yeah, I'm not big on following actors and stuff, but I do like MMA. And uh, that woman really earned her, her salt back then. And uh, still, you know, she was always a lovely lady, uh, very conservative, even went to a Christian high school. Right across that she joked around with Craig Ferguson years ago, I remember it, that her high school was right next to a, one of those uh, Vegas wedding chapels. And uh, on the other side was a strip club. And uh, to still hold her moral standards high. And people can think what they want about her tweet, but she was actually making a point about dehumanizing people and how the left has been doing that to the right. Quote, unquote, you know, I hate the left-right paradigm because I think it's a misnomer. It's a circle, in my opinion. They both, where you put your arms out to the side to make that left-right thing, just bring your fingertips together above your head and that circle where your fingertips meet, that's where mass death lives. And it starts with dehumanization. And so that basically was the point of her comparison between Jews and conservatives. And if anybody couldn't get that point, they're a complete and utter buffoon. And uh, what Disney did by firing her has put probably a show that both myself and Angel really saw uh, some good points coming back for Star Wars. And it was really bringing the brand back. And uh, Angel knows more about Star Wars fandom than I do. I, than I do. But uh, it does disturb me that uh, they would put politics over, you know, especially somebody you have that much invested in. Her character was phenomenal and she was a great choice. I know why John Favreau picked her up because... That's an actual woman that can do battle. She is no Mary Sue. And uh, she can get down with the boys if she has to. And uh, that all-girls scene during the last episode was actually one of the... Well, it wasn't all-girls. Mandalorian was there. but uh, And Boba Fett was. But the point is, they did... Uh, when they were clearing their tactics, everything that they were doing. And I know they have people that teach them and walk through advisors. I, I've been a part of that myself, advising actors and shit. And that's why I don't really follow them. But what I do, what I do know and what I can tell you is that she looked real where I think the other girl, the, the blonde who played on, uh, it was a movie about a sheriff's deputy in like Montana or something. Uh, who played one of the other Mandalorian chicks. Uh, she, uh, I can't think of her name, daggone it. And I can't think of the movie's name, or a television show's name either. Anywho, it doesn't matter. The point at Longmire, that's what it was. She was the deputy for Longmire. And um, anyways, so that, she probably had some skills from doing that. But the point is, they actually picked out a really good crew. And uh, from what I've heard, they're, it's put the whole... I'll let... Uh, luckily, I was able to talk to Angel and get spun up on some of the reality behind 
some of the myths that people like uh, Mike Zero, which I do listen to on occasion, and Angel had to put me straight on that one. Uh, but, uh, you know, so there's some myths out there. Angel, why don't you just fill the people in on your thoughts on it, and then we can riff about how silly it was for them to fire uh, Gina. Well, it doesn't shock me that this will come out of the uh, the Moss House uh, because, you know, Disney's gone so woke they're about to go broke again with, when it comes to Star Wars. Um, yeah, you, you know, you know that on the head, this show is bringing the, the fandom back into uh, loving Star Wars after what happened with the, uh, the sequel trilogy, which left a lot of people upset. Um, it's unfortunate because uh, all she did was state facts. Now, the problem is the facts that she stated, they're saying it's anti-Semitic. I don't understand how it's anti-Semitic to compare what is actually happening uh, with what actually happened. Uh, that's not anti-Semitic at all. She's not saying, oh, you Jew bastard, you! You know, she never did anything that was anti-Semitic in any way. She's comparing the cancer culture, the way it's starting here in America, to the way it started in Nazi Germany. She's 100% correct. Back then, it was the neighbors. It was your own, you know, kids that did you in. It was your friends that betrayed you and sold you out to the to the uh, government. And that's how they started getting the stranglehold on the people. And that's what we're facing now. Look at the cancer culture telling you to become a snitch. And if you see anything, tell the authorities. They want you to snitch on your friends, family, co-workers. You know, that's how it happens. And they go after your guns. That's how it happens. The, the fact that they were destroying statues and they want us to forget the past and all that stuff is because they want us to repeat it. And, and Disney, even in their Star Wars movies, what was the theme? Forget the past. Kill it if you must, right? Gee, isn't that ironic that that's what the media wants us to do with taking down the statues and not knowing our history so we could actually be forced to relive it without even knowing it? It's almost like Star Wars was telling us what they're doing in real life, right, in the sequel trilogy. Uh, so that in itself is pretty, you know, it, it, hysterical when you consider how bad some of those movies were, but it's pretty funny. But Gina Carano, like you said, she's a badass, man. She could really get, go down and get dirty and fight, and she's the real deal. It's funny because a lot of the cancer culture and the uh, SJWs and all these people like early on were, you know, like pushing for her to get the job when she first was uh, being talked about for uh, for the show, you know, a few years ago. And uh, the anti-woke crowd uh, were like, no, no, this is just more gender politics, and you know, why are you putting, uh, you know, a chick in a role that, you know, she has to be tough? And, and now it's like flipped around. Now they're defending her, and the people that were pushing for her to get the job, now they want her out because she made a simple tweet or a comment, which they got offended by. Which, again, it's just stating a truth, that this is how this stuff starts, and then it leads to worse, and it escalates, and next thing you know, boom, we have pure communism and pure Nazi Germany mentality all over the United States. And we're not that far off away from that. I mean, she's not far off in her statement at all, and it's not in any way, shape, or form anti-Semitic. For anybody who says uh, that's anti-Semitic, you don't even know what that term means or why Jewish people would be upset when something anti-Semitic is said. Uh, ben Shapiro, who is Jewish, actually hired her now because he, he said, you know what, this is BS. She did nothing wrong. She said nothing wrong. 
and she's being fired because there's a, an agenda being pushed, and that agenda is being pushed by the same socialist leftists that run Hollywood, run Disney, run Lucasfilms. It's a damn shame because all they're doing is they're pissing off most of the fans, most of the people, and they're tarnishing again the Star Wars brand. And the, now, uh, you know, I read briefly uh, yesterday that. Pedro Pascal, the guy who plays the Mandalorian, might actually quit the show because of this. So there's because of one move, we might actually lose the entire series. Think about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. But the cool thing that you said was that Ben Shapiro did hire her yeah. to produce, direct, and star in a movie. And, yeah. you know, I remember seeing this in the... Uh, it was the 70s. It was under Carter, I believe, or maybe Ford. I can't remember which president was uh, president then. But I remember I was a young kid, <clears throat> probably five or maybe four. I don't know. Maybe six. I don't know. Somewhere around there. Four scores and, uh, and four decades uh, ago. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, but, the, uh, but the funny part about it is I remember this movie came out that nobody saw coming from a guy that actually started in Hollywood on porn, and a lot of people forget this, and he produced, directed, wrote, and performed in a movie called Rocky, and it was the first blockbuster that wasn't like some big Hollywood production, and it made a lot of people famous and a lot of people a lot of money, and I think that's what Shapiro sees with this, and I hope that she does do some sort of woman in Look, when I first heard it was Gina Carano, I disassociated who she was until I saw her picture. And I told my wife, I said, Jesus Christ, this is the best pick because I was so sick of the Mary Sue and all the other bullshit they were doing in, in Star Wars. And I just assumed. And then I, I was like, yeah, female paisan, Italiano. All right, man, we got we got an Italian back in there. And uh, and she is a badass. You know, her name, you know, even Ronda Rousey had a handful with her when she fought her. And uh, Ronda Rousey, anybody can talk all the shit they want, but Ronda Rousey is no joke either. And uh, I respect anybody that steps into that little, that fenced-in area of the octagon. And uh, that takes balls or ovaries if you're a woman. And, you know, they kicked the shit out of each other brutally, bro. You've seen, have you seen her in action? I mean, literally? Oh, yeah. I've seen some of her uh, fights. She's, uh, she's the real deal, man. Like, she's a tough lady. And, uh, she is very conservative, which that's why they're, they're trying to cancel her. I mean, that's the, the reason. Uh, she was ideal for that role. Um, I mean, I couldn't picture anybody else playing uh, Cara Dune. Now that you know, they're trying to get the the lady who played um, Lucy Lawless, who played Xena, the Warrior Princess. They're trying to see if uh, the the fans are wish casting, I should say, uh, trying to get Disney to get her to play the role. But I I just can't see anybody else playing Cara Dune. I mean, no, uh, Gina Carano is perfect. Yeah, Lisa Lawless. And I'm a, I was a fan of that. Uh, just Lucy Lawless. Her dress. Lucy Lawless. Let me re- yeah. yeah, Lisa Lawless. Yeah. Lucy. Uh, Not Lisa. Lucy, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, sorry. I misunderstood your... You broke up. Um, anyways, but yeah, I remember her by her dress. I got a magnet 
a buddy of mine used to keep on his locker at work and uh his gun locker and i said i like that and then i don't know uh my wife found her on on some sort of tv show and Xena uh, Warrior Princess or something like that. I can't remember yeah, what it was. Yeah, Xena yeah, Warrior see Princess. Her as yeah. A character. Yeah. yeah, I I could see her as a character, but not Cara Dune. Yeah, Cara Dune, that is uh, that is Gina Carano, and to even try to substitute her, it's like those ridiculous times. My grandmother forced me to watch her stories, which was General Hospital et al. You know all that kind of soap opera crap, and. Uh, I remember they would substitute an actress and it never was because they used to do it live back in the seventies. And, uh, they'd say today filling in for blah, blah, blah is this woman, you know, and she's going to play the part. And then they would have her come out and do the parts. Uh, but that never was right. Nothing. It will never be right. If they substitute Cara Dune, it just, they, if they're going to scrap it, scrap it. You know what I mean? Well, there's that, and also there's a big uh, gap in age. I mean, uh, Lucy Lawless is 52. Gina is, what, 38? Uh, I mean, they look somewhat similar, uh, but, I mean, how are you going to get away f- with, uh, you know, the difference in age, uh, height, one's 5'10", the other one's 5'8", there's a little bit of a difference there. Uh, I mean, I don't know. The, the thing is, I wouldn't want to see them just recast that role because, again, like you said, Gina was so perfect for that part. Um, but, again, I, I hate to see the series just, you know, go by the wayside. But now if they lose the star of the show, Pedro Pascal, where do you go from there? Um, I mean, if you're Disney, there's two options. You either recast both those roles and continue forward or... You close the door on the Mandalorian, leave it the way it was for the final or finale of the season, and just make the Book of Boba Fett the next chapter in the Mandalorian storyline. And then you know what? Never, That's not a bad idea. And then never really get a, a, a conclusion of what happens at the very end with the dark saber, and until we see you know the uh, the saber return and whatever manifestation on. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, and have that be the Mandalorian, because the Mandalorian doesn't mean it's uh, that one character from the show. The Mandalorian could be anybody who's a Mandalorian. So you could say, yo, the Book of Boba Fett is the third chapter now. It's the next storyline in the Mandalorian. And uh, you can continue it from there for two seasons, and then continue with a different Mandalorian if you want for you know the next amount of seasons until we get back to the Dark Saber and how it warmed it, or admits oh, it we back. Uh, what was the name of the character? I forget her name now. Shame on me. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about, the redhead. Uh, it gets back uh, to her character, and uh, she takes over Mandalore. Uh, so I mean, there's uh, all, all kinds of ways for them, you know ways for them to like kind of cheat. Losing the show altogether, but the fans are are pissed, man. Because I mean, like I said, you know, this is something that should not be happening because of an opinion or a tweet. But this doesn't shock me because look what they did to uh, Roseanne Barr. I mean, oh yeah, I remember that. It, because it's funny. She was on Xanax. Yeah. No, well, it, well, not only that, she made a comparison to saying somebody looks like a character from the movie Planet of the Apes. Well, you know. <clears throat> she kind of does look like that character from Planet of the Apes. You know, people just kind of look like things and people in movies sometimes and character. You know, just the way it is. Well, the, 
you know? The character, they were talking about Dr. Zero. I was a fan of the Planet of the Apes back when the movies were coming out. And they're talking about the movie character. And, you know, if you remember uh, all the series of those from the time they found uh, Charlton Heston and his crew and all that stuff, uh, that was also somewhat of a foreboding of, you know, and people put too much into physical attributes where nobody thought that crap back in the day. But yeah, I could see where somebody could say that. And I remember who it is. She's back in what's his name's cabinet now. Uh, Lydon, the asterisk, uh, prez anyways. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they go on and they continue it with different attributes of Mandalorians. And then once this cancel culture burns itself out or it wins and every in America's plunged into darkness and back into the um, back into the days where no nothings ran everything. Um, if that's the case, then either way, they could bring it back, maybe. But, yeah. you know, we'll see. I'm Book not real that's a, that's a redhead yep. scene. Man, that's what's killing me. It just came to me. Book of time. Yeah, uh, Bogaton. That's it. Yeah. Yep, you're exactly right. Yeah, I couldn't think of the name either, but that's the <laughs> character I was talking about. With uh, she was the deputy for um, Longmire. We were talking about her. Remember? Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. now she Katie Sackhoff. I think is her name Katie Sackhoff. Right. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's her. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, the other character that was a female man that uh, that was a good episode, man. You had uh, the other character who was like her compatriot, and Boba Fett get into a all-out get-go-go. Yeah. And uh, in that little cantina, that was yeah. some cool-ass... I mean, you know, th- there's a way to handle it. And what they did with uh, Mary Sue in yeah. the three Star Wars movies uh, was repulsive. It was repugnant because they didn't have a strong woman. And I know what they were trying to do, trying to make like some innocent woman like Luke Skywalker. And even well, my wife, yeah. who was a big fan when it first came out, was sick of her, you know, because she just was disappointing all the time. You know, well, see, the the problem with cancer culture and the way the uh, the agenda of politics works today is that they forget that we've had powerful women in films for decades. They want to make it seem like there's never been a black superhero. There's never been a, a woman that's powerful. There's never been this or that. This is the first time we're finally having it. You've never seen this before. Oh, my God. Uh, but yet you forget that we've always had women that destroyed the bad guys. Who else beat Freddy Krueger in Nightmare on Elm Street? It was a woman. Who beat Michael Myers in Halloween? It was a woman. Right? You got slasher movies where, where the woman is one that actually defeats the bad guys while he's killing all the dudes, right? So you're telling me there's never been a woman who's been powerful in movies before? In Star Wars 1977, you have Princess Leia who saved really in the big rescue of that she was, you know, uh, being uh, helped in with Han and, and Luke. If you haven't seen it by now, you know what I'm talking about. Where she leads him into the, you know, the waste compartment. Uh, and, and, you know, she picks up the gun, starts shooting because she's a badass. And guess what? She's a woman. So there's always been women that have done heroic things. Uh, you had Supergirl in the 80s. Mind you, the movie sucked, but still, you had Supergirl that came out. 
So, you know, for people that are like, oh, you've never seen this before, you know, you're just uh, pushing a, a pointless agenda because we've always had powerful women in film. What the hell have you been, been doing, not paying attention? They, they've always been there. And God well, bless them, they should always be there. They should always be represented, just like black you know, people should always be represented. You know, they act like uh, Black Panther was the first time we had a black superhero. I got three posters on my wall that says different. Blade. That came out way before Black Panther. Um, I have all three of the movies because that's my favorite comic book character of all times. I'm a huge Blade fan. So what, Blade doesn't count now? That's a black character. Uh, you had Spawn in the 90s. He doesn't count now. He's a black character. People make such a big deal about you know these gender and racial politics. And, and Disney is in the front of being, you know, at, at wrong about this and just completely, like, sticking their foot in their mouth every time. The only thing they got right, besides The Mandalorian, I will give them this, it was the in-between movie where they showed, um, I can't remember the name of it, where they showed Rogue them one. getting the Death Star plans. Rogue yeah, One. Ro- Rogue exactly. One, yeah. yeah. And every person they put into those roles worked. It was flawless. And... That's the point. I mean, somehow they do something right, and then they fuck up the next thing. But you and know, here's, but here's the great thing about about that movie: it, there was very, there was some gender, you know, and some political stuff that was thrown in there. Uh, but it followed the narrative of the original movies, and even though you had a strong yep. female lead, she wasn't a Mary Sue. You know, she was struggling with her or who she was. You know, she was running from the Empire. Um, she had, you know, daddy issues, mommy issues, you know, she had issues, man. You know, she wasn't a, a perfect person and, and she couldn't control the force. You know, she wasn't all powerful. She was vulnerable, but she was, you know, a rebel. She was, you know, she was a badass in her own way. And you had characters around there. Like you said, everybody was picked perfectly because, uh, the writing was good. And then, of course, those mo- the one thing that really saves that movie and just you know, puts it over the top is they had Vader in it. I mean, let's let's face it, that Vader scene at the end, mmm, delicious. That's what all Star Wars fans have been wanting to see for years. Uh, that, and then, and, of course, what we got in Mandalorian with Luke. That was like the the, the burger that scene. Was, that was that was that was the gravy, brother. But no, I yeah. mean it. Uh, my favorite part of that wasn't Vader. It was seeing Grand Moff Tarkin come back in. That dude, yes. uh, when he was alive, just the way he, his presence, he was, and he wasn't a force wielder. And, you know, that's age empowerment. You know, that dude was, what, 70 or 60-something when he made that yep. uh, back in the day? Uh, and then he kept going through all three of them. I, I believe he didn't die until they started the uh, in between the episodes. Well, but, yeah, but he wasn't in the uh, the next ones. I mean, he in the first episode, uh, which is the uh, right. 1977, uh, well, which is four, episode four, uh, he, you know, I don't want to give it a spoiler if you haven't seen it by now, shame on you, but he kind of blows up with a Death Star. So Yeah, I knew that. I, I yeah. was just saying he was still living during the next two episodes. I don't think he died until, like, the last episode had already come out of the first trilogy. Um, I could be wrong, so check me on that. I mean, you know, I, I, Peter Pushing or something like that. <laughs> Peter, something no, P- Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Cushing. Yeah, no, yeah, you know, he died in uh, 1994. He died, yeah, way, way later. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, he, yeah, he, yeah, he lived a, a long time after that, but, uh, uh, man, yeah, yeah, he goes back to, like, I think he was born in, what, 1912, 1913 on there? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. born, I think, around the time of the First World War. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he had a lot of life experience. It's just like a lot of people forget Michael Caine actually served in Korea, in the Korean War. And uh, anyways, that's that's a whole different thing. Plus, you have actors and actresses that actually used to have served in the military. That's no joke. Uh, Lee Marvin was a Marine, and he, he landed on the beaches. That's not a joke. Uh, everybody remember the Rockford Files? James Garner was an Army military guy in Korea. You know, we had Vietnam vets. We've always had veterans in the movies. But in some of them, guess what? Here's one that'll blow you away. You may know it or you may not. But the the precursor to the CIA was the OSS. And the OSS had a woman by the name of Julia Childs, who was the woman who used to cook on cooking shows. Now, that's a badass that nobody would have known was a badass. Because there wasn't no Twitter, Facebook, where people could get, get their brags out on their own asses. And they didn't have to. It's about earning your respect. And that's, that's I guess, the point of the difference between a Mary Sue and someone like Gina Carano. You know, they had Policewoman back in the day with Angie Dickinson, Cagney and Lacey. Uh, detective movies. Uh, before that, I remember in the Cowboy Laverne movies. and Shirley. Come on, people. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking action, though. I, I, I'm trying to keep it on the action hey, point. And then the the guys the on Laverne Cowboy. and Shirley were kind of dangerous. You said they remember the biker dude with the little curly hair. That guy was dangerous in many different ways. I don't remember him. No, I didn't really <laughs> watch that show. Uh, but even even like um, uh, Hill Street Blues, Miami Vice. Uh, there were some good female dynamics there and interracial play, you know, Bobby Hill and, um, uh, what was, uh, Hill and Hill and they were a partner, Bobby Hill. And I can't remember the other, the white guy's name. Uh, and then, um, you had, um, back in the old Western movies, who was it that usually saved? Like if, if the wagon trains getting shot, the Cowboys all get shot up. And there's a woman with a lever action rifle blasting them, you know, that th this was something that's always been a part of America. And, you know, that's what they're trying to do is get rid of the past, take away real strong people and put in fraudulent strong people. And that never works. And and they've even done it in real politics. Uh, what I mean Which, by that it's is funny, but it's funny you say that because you know what? One thing that the cancer culture forgets and the left forgets: who liberated the women from uh, the the uh, non-ability to vote and the and the ability and give them the of the ability and the the right, which was theirs by the Constitution, to go and cast a vote and have more freedom. Conservatives, but they don't want to give the conservatives any uh you know any acknowledgement on that they want to make it so nobody remembers that yeah. part of the past but you know, that's actually that's actually a lie because under the constitution it was land owners period or people who had built things right you know, owned well, originally yeah, stuff like yeah. that yep and and so they were people that were actually working and what we've done when we did that uh 
because there were women who voted forever because they were landowners or they had money or they were married to a man who had money and they could very well vote. That's always been held. But it wasn't a general. It was like it was like black people. You couldn't vote, and uh, and, and actually, in most states they you know it wasn't even landowners were a lot stricter. It depends on the state. Also, some states like always have been a little yeah. bit loosey on stuff. You know. I get what you're saying, but yeah. it's in, look, it's in my way of thinking, uh, you get politics like they are now, when you allow everyone to vote. I mean, somebody that has no skin in the game, who's crack addled who's smoking meth or taking it, whatever, however you do meth, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you're all whacked out, and all of a sudden somebody drives up in a van on voting day and says, come on, let's go vote, you know, and they pick these bums up. They can go vote, and they're going to vote for who they're told to vote for when they get their little bag of smack or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I do have a problem with just anybody being able to vote that's an idiot. You know, you should be an informed populace. But, you know, even some people who I know are informed. Hey, they voted the way they voted, but they were ill-informed. And our media has become a propaganda arm. Oh, completely. And so that's the dangers that we do have with everybody voting. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but at the same time, you don't want to suppress people's right to vote. Um, you know, because we, we've come to a, a point in history that we're now... Uh, if you even suggest something like that, they could, you, you know, it can be weaponized by a certain part of the media. So, uh, even like suggesting it, they'll look at you and be like, you see, white supremacist. So, and there, that could be, that could be, that could, no, but that could, that could be from like even a Cuban like myself, if I would say, they'll, they'll throw the white supremacy card. Cause that's all the media does. Uh, but I, I know, I see where you're coming from. But at the same time, the the whole point I was trying to make was that, you know, the left always wants to make it seem like they're the ones that liberate everybody when they haven't liberated anybody. In fact, they've done more in, enslaving than anything else. Uh, people tend to forget MLK, Martin Luther King, was a Republican. Uh, let's see. Abraham Lincoln, freed the slaves, Republican, right? Uh, well, that's who, why they got to get rid of the past. Right, that's what I was getting at. Uh, who uh, started Jim Crow laws? And eh, Democrats. Who wants Planned Parenthood? And eh, Democrats. Guess what I discovered months and months and months ago, uh, uh, guys? Uh, there's a little thing that celebrities do on their face. It's called a penis facial. No, don't get your panties in a wad, ladies. I'm not going where you think I'm going. They actually get the foreskin of dead babies. They get it from Planned Parenthood. And uh, this is uh, as part of the human trafficking and stuff. And this is why Hollywood loves Planned Parenthood. They love them because they get the foreskin, they liquefy, and they put it in their face as a facial. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. Google it or YouTube. Sandra Bullock admitted this on The Ellen Show. Okay, this is what that they do. Nasty. Okay, Sandra Bullock, the girl from Speed on Ellen DeGeneres' show, said that this is something that she has done because her skin looks really clean and clear, and she's, you know, of age that is not so young, but she looks really young. So Ellen was like, how do you stay young? And she said, well, I got a penis facial. And you can imagine the laughter from the crowd, and then she had to explain what she meant by it. And now you understand why they love Planned Parenthood. 
and love killing babies because they literally are taking from these fetuses the same thing they would get from the foreskin of a baby when they get circumcised, right? Uh, That's nasty. Yes. And this is something that they're doing, and this is part of the whole human trafficking stuff. This is also why uh, in the, remember the town hall that Trump had? Uh, with one of the questions was kind of weird where they asked them, do you uh, agree with uh, these uh, statements that the left in Hollywood are involved in human trafficking and child trafficking? And it shouldn't then, you know, be condemned, that kind of talk. And he was like, well, if people are trying to talk about that, isn't that a good thing to bring that, you know, to the forefront so people know what's going on? Like he was asked that, like, out of nowhere, some question, which why would you even bring that up in a, in a town hall meeting? Like, you know, what are you trying to get by asking that question, first of all? When we have been in the dark web and a lot of other places on the Internet talking about that very topic, and, you know, the left has skimmed over it and I want to even touch it. Why? Because that, folks, is what they're covering up. That's a major part of what's been covering up here over the last uh, few decades. The human trafficking, a lot of the stuff, yep. the uh, the child uh, being abduction of children, all that stuff, that's what that leads to. Planned Parenthood, that's what that's leading to. It's not just that uh, Hillary Clinton took enough to bring enough kids, like some people are saying they, they've seen on video. Uh, no, all of Hollywood, a lot of celebrities, a lot of people in Washington uh, perhaps maybe some in Congress are involved in some of this behavior. And this is why they hated Trump and hate the conservative movement so much. It's uprising right now because we've caught wind to this. And guess what? We don't like what they're doing and we're against it. And yeah. that is dangerous to the establishment. I agree with you. Uh, the Right now, the cathedral has gone nuts. Yeah. And yeah. they're in a, a full push. Uh, for their Marxist fascism. And uh, that is what they're doing. And it is a, as, I, as I've said before, it's an oligarchical a capitalism based on the Chinese Communist Party's uh, methodology and their ability to make oligarch. And it's the same kind of shit you saw that happened when the Soviet Union collapsed. Um, a lot of people forget the Soviet Union, when it collapsed, the KGB and GRU guys all became billionaires. And you know why that was? They had networks in place. And those networks became what? The Russian Mafia. And see, it's the same shit. And that's what that's why they were pissed with Russia, because Russia didn't go back to communism. They went back to their roots of czarism. You know? And that's the kind of oligarchical rule that Putin has at this point. And But they like that Chinese model because the Chinese model has more control. They can talk all the shit they want. But Putin and the boys, they're all former KGB, GRU guys. Uh, they got their shit together. Unless you attack them or you voice opinions against them, which I think is repugnant, they will kill you for your opinion. That's They will do it. And those people that speak out are brave, just like Solzhenitsyn was dur- during the communist era. But uh, other than that, man... I got no time. I got absolutely no time to listen to the left, quote unquote left. I hate using that terminology. And yeah, when I was talking about voting, brother, you know, I was talking about the ill-informed. So nobody can push that up. And I didn't put race or anything else up in it or even gender. 
because I said women could always vote. They just had to be landowners and crap. So, you know, that, that goes nowhere with me. Yeah, and but remember, you also talking about an era, you're talking, you're talking about an era where there was very few women landowners, so, uh, they were some, but it was a, a very small minority, and usually a lot of them were inherited from, uh, the passing of husbands or family members that left the inheritance. Uh, very few were like actual business women that owned land. Uh, so it was like a minority oh, no, within was, a minority. Was, oh no, there were many females who settled by themselves. The uh, Dr. Quinn medicine woman would be a prime example. So this stuff goes Wow, back you're really going back on that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, we're going back to that era. Uh, Whoa, and, geez, and you yeah, you went back. Were, you, had women, you had women who were midwives who had their own jobs, and they would go out there and help other women have babies, and they owned their land. You know, they all weren't fucking maids to a husband. You know, there were strong women in American culture and American history. And if you erase that fact, then you degrade those that came before. And that's what that's they're true. doing. Yep. That's my thought process on it. Because there's always been American women. You know, my grandmother was what held our family together when we were young the aunts and the uncles and everybody kept everybody tight. And then, yep. uh, you know, the, as what happens, the, all the sisters, her daughters decided to try to feud over who was going to keep the family together. And so there was anarchy in the family until I said, we're going back to a patrilineal kind of not a matrilineal anymore because all you women can't keep anything together. And then I discarded people that, uh, from, my personal sphere that I thought were wastrels. And I think that's just what it's got to be now. You know, you, you have to learn to discard and I, I'm good with it. And unfortunately women like to use that passive aggressive shit. When I just say, Hey, and just like if me and you had a falling out, we would talk about it together. Right. And it would be done. It, it'd be ended either as in, yeah, man, I agree with you or you're wrong or whatever. And it would be, you know, it's over at that point. But if we passively aggressively go after each other behind each other's backs, which is very feline, uh, feminine, I, I don't like that. I like to be able to talk to somebody face to face, never go behind somebody's back. That's asshole and stupid. And it's evil in my opinion. So that's my reality on that. I mean, you can give your two cents on it, but you, I think we're of the same mind on that level. No, I agree. I agree with that. So, you know, know, like I said, I I just, I discount any time anybody says there's never been women who did great things because it's bullshit. And uh, you got to remember, I'm a bastard that was raised by a mother and I have a twin sister. So nobody can talk that shit on feminism about me. I respect the, the women for what they were and what they are. My twin sister is still alive. And I also uh, can respect, you know, I don't know, man. It's just so the division bell got rung by Obama, and now they're doing it again even louder. They did it with Trump, and they're still doing it. That's the whole thing. They're not even covering the riots since Biden's come in. Portland's been on – well, now they're throwing snowballs, but they were still throwing fireworks and crap after 
Biden got elected. They did it on his election night. So, you know, whatevs. Um, you know, that, let's get off that topic. Let's talk about Gina Carano again. Yeah, she, uh, she's just a symbol, I think, of what's wrong. What's wrong with America at this point? Well, it's not just that she's a symbol of you know, one aspect. When you go back to Disney, for example, you know you, you check out where their move here uh, is. They they want to cancel her for making a factual statement, something that is fact, okay? And uh, it's her point of view, it's her opinion on based on what she's seeing as as her fact. Remember in Star Wars, Ben Kenobi told Luke, "We see things from a certain point of view, right?" Everybody has their own point of view. This is her giving her point of view, which she is entitled to. And they're canceling her off for that. But yet, this is the same company that rehired James Gunn and hired him to make movies. Now, James Gunn, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, who James Gunn is, Derek uh, Kaiser. He is the director of um, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. And now... Three, he's also doing the uh, or just finished uh, doing the uh, Suicide Squad sequel reboot, whatever the hell it is for Warner Brothers. Um, he's got a lot of work, and this guy has over what seven, eight years worth of tweets where he's not only joking about raping boys, having sex with boys, doing things with pedophilia engaging actual known pedophiles on his Twitter and having conversations with them, making jokes about pedophilia. Okay, this guy has been doing this for years, and he was like, oh, just trying to be funny after he got fired when they when this stuff came up. And then Disney uh, put a little pressure from uh, Dave Bautista, one of the actors, and uh, some of the cast members who were all like, you got to rehire him. He's our director. So they brought him back. Why did they bring him back? Because Warner Brothers called him, gave him a job doing Suicide Squad. So Disney said, no, well, we got to get him back then. So now you're telling me that it's okay to joke about pedophilia, to joke about raping boys, to talk to pedophiles online and, and have conversations with them on Twitter. You're telling me that is okay, but saying something that's an actual fact of the way society is uh, using cancer culture to cancel people's voices. Saying something about that and comparing it to Nazi Germany and how it started there and giving you an opinion based on fact. No, no, you got to cancel that person and remove them from society. That's the worst part of this whole thing. Uh, they're endorsing pedophilia I, and, and looking down at, you know, somebody just giving an honest opinion based on fact. That is I never knew that. wrong. I never knew that about James Gunn because I've never actually seen his movies or been a fan of him, I guess. Uh, that would shock me. But um, it, it shouldn't shock me, but I'm just saying it, it doesn't really shock me, but it would shock, it would shock me if it was somebody who I actually liked their shit. Like George Lucas was groundbreaking. I mean, he was married to a black woman, if my memory serves. Um I think his Correct. kids were biracial. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, they tried to vilify him back in the day, and they've done it. It's just the racism just changes form. It changes substance. 
Same with the sexism. You know, definitions keep having to change because there's been – will I say there's never been problems between all that? No, I'd be a fool to say that. So would anybody. But the thing is we have been leaps and bounds just in my 50-plus years on this planet. I've seen the evolution of it. And, uh, you know, it just – it boggles the mind when people can't see with clarity the reality on the ground. And the first thing that should have disturbed every American was when they started to want to take statues of the past down. You can disagree of the politics or whatever, the era, it doesn't matter. But just like I was super happy when they tore down the Berlin Wall, you know what? I think that was the worst thing that Germany could have done, and I'll tell you why. Because that was a physical manifestation that you could see in Berlin. When I went back to Berlin in 20, uh, 2012 and then 2013, um, it was harder to navigate because the walls, you actually knew, you know, this is where you're at. This is where you're at. Uh, they have bricks laid on the ground and going up buildings and stuff to show you where the wall was. I mean, so Berlin still is, You, if you know where you're looking, you can see it. But the point being is uh, that was a – nobody can understand that those walls were built to keep people in. And by the removal of it, I shouldn't have been as happy about the removal as I was uh, during that time. But uh, I think that's something that the West now has completely forgotten – because the Chinese are so far away and we're doing business with them. Oh, they're capitalists. No, that was a ruse. And so we're in a fifth generational warfare with the Chinese, the CCP, not the Chinese people, the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, this is a problem. And everybody thinks communism is cool again. You know, it, it wasn't, speaking from experience. And you also, as a Cuban American, so, you know, these people are just, I don't know where these people come from. You know, they, they live in La La Land or these 60 throwback hippies that loved communism back with the Weather Underground and the May 19th organization and all those bullshit things. Those people are looked up to now. Your Bill Ayers, your Bernadine Dorns, your uh, uh, Lisa, Susan Lisa Rosenberg. You know, and everybody says, oh, it was such a bad thing. With Yeah, you know what? I don't like that people went into the, the Capitol building. That was wrong. But what I also don't like is the media making that out like, oh, it's the first time it's ever. No, it's happened numerous times. 1933. 1933 with the veterans' uh, war bonds. They were supposed to get 300 bucks, I think. Their bonuses, war bond bonuses. And... Uh, they sent in MacArthur was the lead and general Patton was using the cavalry, literally killing men, women, and children and Americans at the Capitol. This happened. And then Rosenberg is the, is the, she was in prison and was released by Obama. She now handles all the finances for BLM and for Antifa. This is no joke. And, uh, she set off, a bomb in the Capitol. That's real. 
The media reported it back when I was young. See, would the media report that now? I don't think so. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Very. Yeah, but that's the world we live in. I mean, the media only reports what is convenient to uh, their story, their narrative. Remember, we've been talking about this for, for months now. They who control the narrative control the flow of information, control the minds. The media controls the minds. The media is only going to tell you what they want you to know. And we live in a world where we live in a need-to-know basis world. Where basically, if you don't need to know, they ain't going to tell you because you don't need to know. And they do a lot of things where they deem that we're not, you know, we're in that basket of deplorables where we don't need to know anything. Yeah, there is a, I'll tell you where that culture came from, because I saw it up close and personal working for the government. Yeah, you did, yeah. Uh, The eyes only crap, okay? There's stuff that's come across me, had to sign NDAs or whatever. Uh, There's certain things that I've seen, and the lies I've seen the government spill, I mean literally spill, and the media laps it up willingly because they got a source. Well, the source is usually a disinfo person. So I, I yeah. never, I've, I lost all belief in a true media in 2005. No, it was 2006. I just lied to you. Um, <laughs> I was still in Iraq, and I'd moved up to Mosul, and we got hit. This is not a joke. This is a real story. We got hit by a V-bed en route to Camp Merez from where we were training Iraqi police, which was at the foothills of the Kurdish mountains. We had to pass up the walls of Minerva, go down the highway. You see these little caves. There's some sort of history there. I can't remember, and I don't want to go in depth on that. And then you would um, drive in that final route. Well, that freeway area, uh, that was always a tight area, and they have, like, curbs like they have in Europe, so they're pretty tall. And on the other side, there's this car, and it's riding low, and it's parked. And I'm looking over there, and I'm in a car behind the Army's cars. I was in a hard car. And uh, anyways, this idiot guns it, goes over the curb, and is running at the rear end, and I'm hitting the brakes, getting some distance from it. And his car goes off. Our windscreen goes green, which means it's been hit multiple times because that uh, uh, bulletproof glass just, it doesn't shatter or anything, but it will, like, when things hit it, it makes it go green i can't explain it you can barely see you'll have spots where you can see out of it it's hard to explain how they look but anyways so then all of a sudden it's an ambush on both sides everybody gets out we handled it correctly did our little triangle around the car exfiltrated everybody they had whiplash injuries some burns not major minor because they had just started using standoff bumpers on the humvees and that's what he was going after And he hit it right in the back of it, and it stood it off far enough that even the idiot that should have seen it, who was the gunner on top, who didn't see it, uh, that's a whole different story I don't want to get into. uh, But he jumped down right before it detonated, right before impact. He noticed it, and his first thing, instead of putting some rounds in the damn car, was to uh, drop down. And... uh, it saved his life, but anyway, so we take him to the uh, BAS, Battalion Aid Station, or whatever it was on Merez, I can't remember. It may have been a cache, I can't remember. But it was something, my, you know, like I said, it, 
whiplash type injuries, you know, legs hurt a little bit, you know, arms hurt, whatevs. And, uh, but they were, you know, pretty much okay. And, uh, we went and picked them up and, uh, we're all eating at the, the, uh, DFAC defense food is it's where you go to eat anyways. Um, we're there and, uh, on CNN live footage, footage, brother. That means somebody was there from CNN filming it before it happened. And it said five military police were killed today. And uh, I look over at them and they got our vehicle, not our vehicle, but the vehicle burning after we'd left the area. And uh, we, the, they had already sent for uh, strikers to come to pick it. And the uh, Blue Force tracker, the guy had left the door open because he had to pull out a, um, oh, what was it? A, 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 it's a rocket launcher. I'm mind dumping it. AT4. And he launched a rocket, stood Bless back. Some serious launched shit. a rocket. Yeah, he launched a rocket to blow up the Blue Force tracker because we were unassing the area. And uh, strikers were being called. And uh, But you can't let that fall into enemy control. You know, that, that, that system was classified. And I looked over at those guys and I said, hey, you're dead. I'm going to fly you right over there and you guys can fly out. And they all laughed at me. I said, no, CNN just said it, guys. That's your ticket to go home. You know, th that's the kind of shit that pisses me off. Like you said, the narrative is controlled. Yep. But what really pisses me off is CNN had somebody there filming it. Well, I mean, look at look what happened at the Capitol, man. You had people in there from, like, Getty Images and uh, reporters inside the Capitol, and none of them got charged. Why are they being charged? They were there filming and recording the well, event, no. right? I know, brother. And I mean, that, that's that ridiculous. Goes, well, no, that goes into to feed conspiracy theories. Correct. You understand how conspiracy theories develop now? Yeah. yeah why yeah. was that? That was a setup. In my of opinion, course. that was the setup. Here, here's what happened there, and I'm going to just break it down for listeners. We have a few minutes, uh, and uh, we don't have a live show next. Uh, we have uh, a gentleman named Mitchell Nicholas Gerber who's taking the night off. He's enjoying it with this lovely lady. Uh, but uh, here's what I believe happened in the Capitol, okay? They knew Trump was going to have his rally. And when I say they, I'm talking about the radical left, right? Everybody knew there was going to be a rally going on. Yep. So they had people in place ready to agitate the crowd, whichever crowd was there, yep. and take them and lure them towards inside the Capitol. And when you actually watch all the footage that was being recorded by people, because now they have this thing called cell phones, and they all have video on them. It's amazing. Um, so, you know, even the cheapest cell phones still has a little video camera. Uh, so they're recording from all kind of angles and stuff. You can hear people saying, don't go in, don't break the glass. And as this dude starts breaking one of the glass from the, uh, the Capitol, they're saying, he's not one of us, he's Antifa. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's in one of the videos. Then you have other videos of cops letting people in. 
uh, you know, like I've said before, you have senators or Congress people letting people into the back. Uh, you have uh, Getty Images. The whole thing supposed like a big staged event. Why? Because they knew it Trump was. was having a rally. Um, they said, okay, well, since he's going to have a rally and this is, uh, you know, going to be on a date where we're trying to uh, see uh, the election and, and this will be the perfect way to, like, entrap him into some craziness, let's do this. And the rest of the yep. actual taking of the Capitol, I believe, was orchestrated by the radical left in Congress. And I'm saying, people I like agree. Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, everybody who you've seen immediately in the media are all in cahoots with the people that were the agitators. And it's very amusing yep. that Anderson Cooper from CNN had immediately the uh, that John guy who's a member of Black Lives Matter and Antifa on his show, and he's talking about the Trump people and the people there and the people here and... He's gloating about being inside the Capitol, and then when he gets arrested, he's like, oh, no, wait, I didn't mean all those evil things I said. Uh, I changed my tune. I Actually, I was just reporting on what peoples were doing. And, you know, he, he, he like changed like from being uh, this, uh, you know, martyr for the left and how he went in and he was looking for, you know, for Trump and you know, he was reporting because he's you know, a member of Black Lives Matter. He went from that to, like, now he's an innocent bystander who just, he's, he's just a journalist, even though he's not employed by any uh, media yeah. outlet. Yeah. But, you know, well, that, that's, who, that's how they Poole, sell him. Tim Poole has reported this, and it's a fact. A lot of people will put press on their outfits Yeah. Um, that are Antifa or BLM. And they'll disguise themselves as press. They'll disguise them, dis, uh, disguise themselves as all kinds of things. Yep. And so them just switching off the BLM shirt and the old hammer and sickle red stuff, you know, that's just cover for them. You know what I mean? And and because they wear the same color, they're able to quickly disappear. You know, you could see some of the same tactics that day, and you could tell even like. Everybody was talking about the Boogaloo Boys, whatever the hell that is, and and I think that's a spinoff myself because I saw an interview somebody did with one of them, and the guy was spouting BLM mantras and anti. Yeah, mantras. Uh, probably was Mike Dunn was the guy who you saw in the video because he's been the most uh, like outspoken one. And what Boogaloo Boys is, they're, they're their own kind of militia group. Um, they're mostly white supremacists uh, that are leftists if you believe that. Um, and they do uh, believe... I believe it. Yeah, they do believe in white supremacy, but from a left point of view. So they are actually friendly with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Well, they believe segregation is a way to go. Um, they don't hate black people. They just don't want to be living with them. You catch what I'm saying? So they, they're yeah, cool. Yeah, they're, they're, they're cool with their movement. And uh, and everything, but they, at the same time, they they hate the government. They hate Trump, so it's not like they love Trump. Uh, they weren't fans of Trump, so it wasn't Trump supporters that were in there. Uh, and they are not even getting talked about because they're talking about the Proud Boys. 
the Proud Boys who are right. n- not white supremacists. They arrested one of them who turned out to be a black Cuban, and he was like one of the leading members. They have, uh, they have members of the uh, alphabet community in there. Uh, they have blacks, Asians, whites, Latinos, all members of the Proud Boys. But now they've been, they're the ones that are being labeled as white supremacist uh, evil uh, militia groups. And they have not caused one fire, nothing in the last uh, year and a half. So it's amazing yeah. how they're the ones that are being taken down while the actual militia groups are, you know, they're getting Nobel Prizes. You know, I, I remember back in the day, uh, get, well, you know the backstory on how the Proud Boy started with Gavin McGinnis. It was a joke about one guy. Uh, he used to go watch plays all the time, never been laid. And uh, Gavin has told the story on Anthony Cumia's show, and he used to be on Compound Media back in the day with Cumia's network. Uh, and it was a joke. You know, it was a bit. And the guy happened to be Jewish, you know, and he went and saw a play one day, and one of the songs there was, I'm proud of my boy, that kind of thing. And uh, anyway, so that's how their yep. name came about. And even their little group, quote unquote, it, they had their own like little hazing where you had the name breakfast cereals as everybody's like punching them, but not really punching them hard. You had to name five breakfast cereals, stupid crap like that. And even their oath is like joking to me, you know, yeah. West, well, Western chauvinist. What the hell does that even mean? You know, so what abs, you know, but yeah, with that being said, man, you know, it's funny because uh, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people say, well, Antifa, duh, what do you think it means? They're anti-fascist. And I'm like, yeah, it's just words. They're actually the fascists. You just, you're being duped by words. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, do you have any final comments, brother? Cause I think it's probably time to wrap this bad boy up. We've yes, had, had a good show, I think. It was excellent. Time went by quick. Uh, no, yeah, no, um, Look, man, I'm just uh, upset about this Gina Carano thing. Uh, going back to that, I think Disney uh, really screwed the pooch on that one. Uh, if Pedro Pascal walks and the show is, uh, you know, done for, it'll be a shame uh, because it, those are great characters, and I'd love to have seen them continue forward with that series. Uh, I'm still looking forward to the Book of uh, Boba Fett, but I'm really right now down on Disney and Lucasfilms for this movie. It really is. Just another black eye in the, uh, the the place that used to be the happiest place on earth. Now it's really the most agenda-driven, politic-driven place on earth, and it's no fun anymore. Thank you, Disney, for ruining yourself. I I I agree, sadly, with your uh, uh, final comment, brother. There's nothing I can add to it. With that being said, folks, thank you for sitting on my big orange couch. It went through a remodel. It wasn't big enough, so I had to get another one. Um, and uh, I just want to thank you guys for your time listening to me and Angel rant, rant about probably one of the most important subjects out there. You know, this is nothing more than uh, what they used to call, and this is when the DDR still exists, the Deutsches Demokratische Republic. Uh, that was the Soviet side of East Germany. Uh, anyways, they had something called disintegration that Stasi would do, and that basically meant unpersoning a human being and destroying their lives. Banking, uh, 
jobs, all this. Does any of this start to sound familiar? The new term, though, is called deplatforming. That's just a warning. And thank you for sitting on my big orange couch. Grab your, or take your uh, coffee, tea, soda, and or adult libation. And I will slowly raise the Darl Bridge as you meander out of uh, Kaiser's Castle. And with that being said, much love to you guys from Castle Talk Radio. Ciao, out.